How do you do? Mr. Carl Emily feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Uh, well, we've warned you. What did you just say? Start there, that was again? A, there was a plan. There was a planned um, child's play PS2 game. Shut the front door. No, I did not know that. And now uh, I'm now actually looking it up. I had no idea. It's called Chucky, or it was going to be called Chucky Slash and Dash. Chucky Slash I think, and Dash. Or is that something else, actually? That might be something else. Chucky Slash and Dash video game. Is a 2013 endless runner game by oh so it's like yeah no that's that's something different sorry that is something different no but the um, fact this even exists I had no idea this even existed oh this looks it, bad oh this looks called... great this looks great and bad <laughs> it was called Chucky Wanna Play was the uh, Wanna Play was the PS2 game there it is stealth action video game based on the Child's Play franchise. Chucky, wanna play? What was it, PS2? This looks uh, like it might have been later. I found it on the Chucky Wiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Announced in 2011 and... Uh, had the yeah, bad, had looks a the bit later. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe that was revived... Uh, like, resurrected from this original... PS2 game that was gonna yeah I'm not really sure though how would you play as Chucky I mean I, I think I think that was the plan I think you played as Chucky did you ever play and I, I doubt it because not many people did but did you ever play Naughty Bear about the serial killer teddy bear that sounds <laughs> <laughs> Awfully familiar, sir. I'm gonna have a quick look. Um, naughty, naughty bear. Naughty so that was. Bear. Let's have X a look. That was Xbox Three. Oh, I do. I do know of that. Yeah. The the marketing was. The poster looks very much like Kill Bill, like the bride from Kill Bill. Mm -hmm. and the bear looks like Ted from Ted. A yeah. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the premise is incredibly ridiculous. The premise is basically, you are the titular naughty bear yeah. who lives in like teddy bear land and because you you sort of like the naughty one you don't get invited to the teddy bear's picnic so you decide <laughs> to go along and kill and kill everybody um so essentially it's a stealth game where the teddy bears will be having a party each level is a different setting they're having a beach party they're having a 
a, a pool party at the mansion, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. And basically, you have to like sneak in there, sneak sneak around, and kill the rest of them. And there's lots of like environmental kills. You can smash people into electrical boxes and burn them in fires, or you know, put them into grinders or whatever. There's all a bunch of different things. Um, there's like a fear mechanic as well, so you can terrorize them and make them scared and and run around. Uh, but essentially, the object of the level is to kill all the other teddy bears. Um, so it's, it's basically like the Friday the Thirteenth game, but you're a teddy bear. It looks um, fantastic, and it was it was pretty fun, but the novelty wore off fairly quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I did, I did have it, and it was great fun to play for a few hours. But after a couple of hours of it, you kind of think, I've seen everything this game has to offer, and it's not going to get any different. Um. But I think essentially that was that's what that child's play game was going to be. You were going to be Chucky, yeah. and in each level you'd have an objective to kill everybody, certain people, escape and kill people or whatever. But yeah, essentially that's what it was. Uh, I think that makes but sense. Yeah, yeah that, that's understandable. Yeah, it's it's a hard one trying to. I mean. I think Dead by Daylight probably got the formula right for a horror uh, game mm -hmm. based on horror franchises, mm -hmm. in a way. Uh, unless you've got your you've got your own created story and um, universe and plot device and whatnot, say a Resident Evil or Silent Hill, it's hard to. It's got to be quite hard to create a video game based on a franchise that is based. It's just a, on a, especially yeah. a slasher. Yeah, you know, because what do you do? How do you how do you set it unless you follow the film? But then you can't follow the film because you know what's going to happen. You won't die at certain points yeah. Yeah, unless you're the yeah. It, it's got to be really tough to. Well, I mean, I think as as we've seen up to now, you've got the asymmetrical survival games mm. like Dead by Daylight. You go down that route. Um. Or it's a, like a survival horror game, something like Alien Isolation, or as we talked about, um, one of those interactive movie sort of uh, Telltale style games or yeah, um, the Dark Anthology stuff would yeah, work. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Would work. But it depends. I suppose it depends what the... What the like, say, if a slasher probably lends itself more to the Dead by Daylight style of stuff than anything else. That's not to say it couldn't work in another genre, but I think it it, just, it depends on the IP, doesn't it, really? Would something like, maybe something like a Scream would work well as a visual novel murder mystery mm. style, because it is it is a whodunit, the Scream, in the slasher yeah. sense. The others aren't. It The others, we've talked about it so many times before, Jason, Michael... Fred, like yeah, yeah, scream yeah. is ghostface you don't know who's done it so there could be a very uh murder mystery uh based on like an old sherlock holmes like detective sort of style game mm -hmm. like that trying to figure out uh, figure out who is ghostface yeah that could work yeah, maybe yeah. yeah yeah i think it depends i think it does depend i mean something like aliens you've got obviously more often than not they go down the action shooter route um yeah but then which you know has been done various degrees of success but has been done to death yeah but then alien isolation decided to do something different 
and people were blown away by it. Sorry, are we not talking about alien colonial marines? I mean, I said the gold they, standard. They were, there was mixed results <laughs> with those shooter ones. The gold <laughs> standard of alien games. Come on, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, right. But I think uh, it depends. Yeah, it just depends on the IP. As far as I can tell, we are recording and everything's working okay. Cool, cool. Now the reason I bring that up is because of today's episode in question. Yes. Um, being we are, I don't want to use the term redoing, reattempting. We are re. We are rebooting. Our Frank, our, our Monsters of Universal episode. It's a requel. It's a requel, <laughs> folks. It's to requel here on the Dreadcast on episode 51 on our series of Monsters of Universal. Welcome, everyone. My name is Tom, and this is the lovely Aiden. Hello. And we've got, back. we've got some catching up to do uh, because uh, Frankenstein uh, shit the bed. It was lost. <laughs> it was lost, lost in the ether. We blame in Antrim for that because we were cursed. <laughs> we were cursed by the deadliest film ever made. The deadly, yes, it, it absolutely annihilated our hard, yeah, hard, well-researched, incredibly coherent, in-depth analysis of the Universal Frankenstein movie. Yeah. So unfortunately, you're gonna get a really you're gonna get a rough little and ready. <laughs> Half remembered rehash. <laughs> I found my notes. I found my notes. I've I've still got my notes. I do still have my notes. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 get into that in a bit. Um, apologies again, folks. That you, it's like we. I feel like we when we when I think like you you came up with this series. I'm putting it on you. You came up with this series. Okay. When we we started it, we started with Dracula, and I feel like that was such a strong episode. Really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And then we we're like, yes. Let's get into Frankenstein. This is going to be great. Great number two. And the momentum just, just went. Oh, it just, yeah, I, it was such a shame. It really was. <laughs> it um, really was. It really was. And then obviously scheduling as well. We haven't been, if we, if we could have maybe just gone back in and, and yeah. done it. Yeah. But I know what you mean. We've kind of, we've sort of fell, fell into that trap of like, oh yeah, well, we'll, we'll delay it. And then for various other reasons, we haven't been able to do it this episode as sooner as we originally planned so yeah, yeah it's kind of dragged on and on now and it's looming over as like this hulking creature yeah but it made sense to it did make sense to hold off because of the fact part three being the main film of today's episode was the mummy 1932 mm -hmm. also featuring lead actor boris karloff so it kind of made sense to tie it in yeah. together um so yes in a Una memento, folks. We will have a little quick rundown of Frankenstein, our thoughts, our recommendations, what we liked, what we didn't like. Just uh, we'll, we'll, we'll set a timer. We'll give it a brief and a summary, and then we will move on to Le Mame. Yeah. Before that, though, I have a question. Go ahead. Did it arrive? Yes. Oh yeah! <laughs> I'm assuming the it in question is uh, my copy of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Of course it is. Yes. Um, 
the next generation. I can't remember the, How the subtitle. How dare but, um, you? <laughs> yes. For yes, the fourth generation Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, it has it has arrived. Lovely, it has arrived. Haven't watched it yet. Haven't watched it yet. That's what I, I know. You're there. saving. You're saving it for a. I don't know, like special like birthday, someone's birthday or uh, anniversary. <laughs> I'm saving it. Or... We've got game. We've watched nothing but Game of Thrones since we started doing our rewatch. Like my partner has just been hooked on it, and literally we've done like two or three episodes every night. Yeah, that so sounds about right. We've got one more episode to go. Yeah. Um, which is we're gonna save until tomorrow and then then i'm free to watch some other things but yeah literally nothing has nothing else has got a look in as we've been uh we've been binging game of thrones again don't um, tease us don't tease us all oh it, it's happening it's gonna happen soon <laughs> can't wait it's gonna happen it'll be the first i yeah. tell you it's the first film as soon as we come back from our break it's gonna be it's gotta be oh it can be yeah, yeah it, it, can be. it will be there we go folks um uh, speaking of hiatus, uh, again, I've mentioned in the last fair few episodes, we will be taking a little hiatus from mid-August to mid-September mm-hmm. for life shenanigans. But the last two films of this, uh, these next few weeks before the hiatus, obviously be today's episode of Monsters Universal and two big hitters, which I'm really looking forward to discussing, being yeah. The Exorcist, the OG, the original Exorcist, and Return of the Living Dead. Because... Do you want a party? It's party time. Yes, you want a party. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I do have, uh, I think, an, an eBay win. I'm just checking now. I should have won Ooh. a little Blu-ray copy of that. Of Return of the Living Dead? Yes. Did you get the Blu-ray? Because I got, I, I got the 4K. Um, yeah, I looked, at, I looked at it, but it was like, hmm. Uh, like I'm not as big. I'm saving my 4K purchases for like big, big movies that I really love first yep. and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. It is just a. It's a thirtieth. It's a thirtieth anniversary edition of the Blu-ray release. Um, can you link it yeah. to me so I can see which one it is? Uh, yeah. I'm oh, just yeah. curious because there's quite a few releases of it. So I bought the 4K release. Um, last year, and I also got the 4K release of Return of the Living Dead Free because I'm a bi- I'm a big sucker for Return of the Living Dead Free. I think mm-hmm. it's brilliant. I think it's a great take on the franchise and the zombie. Yeah, film. yeah. Um, I like the second one is okay, but it's basically the first film again. I find uh, that I need to add to the collection. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we. There go. we go. That's that's the one. Um. Oh, 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 there it is. Oh, I've never seen that artwork before. Mm. 30th anniversary, so that's... Maths. 2015 <laughs> release, okay. That's really nice. I've never seen that artwork. I like that it's got Tarman in the back and Frash, Zombie Frash yeah. sat there. So then... it's it's looking good. It's sitting there. I think, I think there's still... There's still a day and a bit to go on it, but I've got, I've, I've got it for... Good. I'm not posting the actual link because I don't want people getting in there and sniping <laughs> me. I'm getting it for a good price at the minute. So Well they won't be able to. How long is left? Because this remember <laughs> this day. is this isn't a live stream. 
Oh yeah, good point. No one's gonna be able to snipe oh, you. Oh, I'll have it. I'll have it then by the time it comes out. I'm confused. It's Friday. <laughs> it is. Um, now that's a really like, yeah. That's regardless. It, it's not ultra 4K. That's a nice addition because it's a piece yeah. of artwork on there I've never seen before. It's not the poster. That's a really mm. cool um, uh, piece for the collection. Also, it's not fresh. It's trash. I always get that wrong. Trash. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple. There's a couple of good ones listed on eBay, but um, I, I mainly went for that one because the price of it. To be honest, so I was like, oh, that, yeah, that's. Uh, I can get that for a good price. I'll be pleased with it. Because um, again, I've seen it, um, and I thought ah, if we're gonna watch it for, but it's not. It's not something I have in the collection at the minute. And I thought ah, if we're gonna we're gonna be doing it for the pod, it'd be nice to pick up a copy of it. I'll just yeah. I'll just see see what I can get. So mm, hopefully. Hopefully, by the time we get round there, I'll have uh, I'll have won that, and uh, we'll yeah. We'll fingers have it. crossed. <clears throat> fingers crossed. Otherwise, you'll never be able to watch it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's hard to come by, but it's not like that one. Not like um, I wasn't. I didn't have access to my uh, Blu-ray re- version of the Mummy for today's episode, so I didn't just find it on internetarchive.com and find oh, yeah. the copy of the Mummy. <laughs> um, yeah. What did, I, what, what did I watch on there? I watched something on there the other day as well. Oh, Internet Archive. Yeah. I I, I never I never knew about it until doing this podcast when I'm trying no, to find um, quick ways to watch the films when I'm like in a, a rush. Yeah, to watch it online <laughs> yeah. for free. Internet Archive. Oh, there's loads of stuff on here. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff. Yeah, I watched something on there the other day. I can't remember what it was now. I was like, oh yeah, I need, I need, I need to find X. I was like, ah, yes, excellent. There it is. You do. Oh, and it was Maximum Overdrive. It was Maximum Overdrive. That's that's where I watched that. You watched it on there. Ah, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, I watched it on another screen. <laughs> 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 oh, um. Man, that feels like a lifetime ago, Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> it does. It was two weeks ago. I was watching um I was watching recently a little um YouTube compilation of Stephen King. Uh, it was it was Stephen King's opinions on Stephen King films. So it was okay. a rundown of I think ten Stephen King movies and like what he said in various interviews and, and um uh, reviews about yeah said movies because i think it's a short of all these all his things that have been committed mm. to film i think it's a fairly short list of ones that he actually likes right um, yeah i can believe that and, and maximum overdrive was on that list but and it's well obviously it's well documented what he thinks about that um and his reasons for it mm. but uh yeah it was so interesting i think stand by me is pretty much the only one that he really really likes I love that um, film. It's a great film. It's very different from his other films, though. I think that's why I think it stands out more. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, he he despises The Shining, right? I believe he. Yeah, yeah. Really, really, uh, not like I think he he basically just says that the point was missed entirely, and um, doesn't yeah doesn't like it at all. Yeah, which is understandable because it's his it's based on his work but for most people the shining is one of the greatest movies movies if not horror you know horror movies aside it's one of the greatest movies yeah as a film is yeah 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 
people love it and it's you know endlessly talked about and and analyzed and and all the rest of it but yeah Stephen King's like nope it's trash <laughs> the, the worst one of the worst interpretations but it's his work so you know he's got he's perfectly entitled to say that are you aware of room 237 documentary i am mm. i've not watched it that i've not watched it fascinating i that, think I, I think it might be on my prime watch list that really shows how insanely genius Kubrick was that mm. he fucked with the sets so much that half of it doesn't make sense half of it is not <laughs> physically like possible right right where some of the sets are oh, how one person gets from there to there like it, oh, okay, some yeah. of it is is fascinating and then you then you get some of the the people that were interviewed um like his uh, not his film historians and proper like film buffs where they're going down conspiracy theories and like oh, there was one if yeah. you play the film uh and then overlay the film but play it from the end to the start overlay on top they everything sort of lines up oh right, I, okay. everything imagery sort of lines up and it's just weird yeah it's really bizarre like some of the conspiracy theories on that i, I don't know i'll give it a watch at some point because that sounds interesting i mean i think one of the main things is like everybody knows what absolute bastard he was to work for as oh well. god poor, poor shelly deval oh yeah um, absolutely and various other her. people yeah, he's he's just known for being like a complete a hole, isn't he? But yeah, but yeah, as a worker cinema, it's up there. Um, but as a Stephen, according to Stephen King, it's like the worst adaptation of of his stuff, which is pretty interesting. Right, shall we get into? Let's get into it. Oh, Frankie, 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 Steiny, Frankie. Oh, Frankenstein. Frankie. Yes, nineteen. Lost the. I've lost the year already. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Frankenstein. Thirty-one. I feel like we did a good two-hour session on this before, so we gotta. Yeah. Condense. We've got to try and condense that. Yeah. Um, well, I, go, I, you like go it? ahead. No, I, I, I was, did you like uh, it? Yeah, I did. Uh, yes, yeah, I, I very that was much what like I was it. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. I like it a lot. I think this is. I think I've mentioned that I might have mentioned it on the pod before, but I think I've definitely told you before that up to us doing this, yeah, Frankenstein is one of the two movies that I'd watched out of that box set because I've had that box set for years. Not Same. watched them all. Same. Um, <laughs> Frankenstein was the first one that I watched, and it's one that I've watched on more than one occasion. The other mm. one that I've what I, that prior to starting the pod that I'd watched was Creature from the Black Lagoon. Ah. Um, but yeah, I've I've watched Frankenstein several times. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I really yep. do enjoy it. Um, for I agree. Lots of reasons. It's very beautifully shot and lit and i like the sets which we talked about in the dracula episode it's got that i think quintessential universal look for me um which is though and it's probably because like 
most of them are these sort of older gothic horror characters, mm. Frankenstein and Dracula, etc. But the castles and the big sweeping staircases mm. and flaming torches and silhouettes and, mm. and all that sort of shadow play and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's very good. Very, very beautiful. Agreed. I, I, not to uh, just make this even quicker i agree with everything you said um i i, I do okay on to the mummy then uh... <laughs> i i we're out of this bitch i i thoroughly yeah, i thoroughly enjoyed it um i think more so than dracula and dracula like yourself mm. um i had seen dracula before and i had seen the mummy before which we'll get to um i had never seen frankenstein before um but I, 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 I preferred this. I preferred this to Dracula. Not saying Dracula was bad. I enjoyed Dracula. But this this was so far at the top for the ones we've watched. Mm. And spoiler, it still is. Um, yeah. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> Good. We're, I, I, I can sense... I can, I can see your brain. I can see it. Yeah. Um, I think what I started to get from these Universal films is that they don't hang around. What I really no. love is they get straight into it. Yeah, they really do get straight into the meat and potatoes of what's got. They're yeah. short films; they're under eighty minutes, like between seventy and eighty minutes. This is... Yeah, yeah, most cases um, just over an hour, I think. Um, yeah, um, again, Frankenstein, like Dracula, based on a novel. Um, so the, there is that literary background for this movie but yeah jump and i've which i've not read so i can't possibly comment yeah but yeah jump straight in there right at the beginning the first the opening scene we've got dr frankenstein um grave robbing just he's yeah. he's in there uh with his with his little sidekick fritz and then they're they're robbing they're robbing a grave and uh we very quickly find out why he's doing that uh, yeah they don't they don't hang around at all they get straight into it um which yeah is 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 great I, I like that i like mm. not having this sort of setup and preamble and yeah. you know there's no like scenes of him going oh i'm th i think i'm going to create a creature out of corpses mm. and then he goes off to do it like we just cut that he's bit out and in he's doing yeah. it that's this is what he's doing and it's up to us to sort of catch up he, yeah I, I really like it Bloody re the reporter from City of the Living Dead could learn a, a, two or, a thing or two about <laughs> cracking open a fucking coffin slash casket. Um, and it's similar to what we said about in society in our last episode that how we don't need any of that preamble. We just, let's get no. straight into it. Let's yeah, go. we can just we pick up we pick up at our point in the story and it, it's it's very quick. It's very we very quickly you know can follow on what's what's happening mm. and what's occurring and yeah you know in a nutshell if you don't know the story of frankenstein it is about the you know the the, the same title the same named uh scientist who is attempting to create life from uh from death essentially is is yeah reanimating creates a creature that's uh you know stitched together from various different body parts he finds a brain for it and uh yeah brings it back to life now yeah the the finding the brain part was something that really surprised me because i i i knew you know i know frankenstein is not the name of the monster i know it's dr frankenstein it's the monster which speaking of which at the beginning but the opening credits boris karloff no no it's 
the monster is credited question mark question mark question mark yeah then it's yeah. Then at the end credits it's the monster boris karloff so they kept that hidden but mm -hmm. what i didn't know about the monster was uh frankenstein's uh assistant fritz uh -huh. When he goes to steal the brain, he fumbles and picks uh, fumbles with the, the good brain, picks up yeah. the abnormal brain, the evil brain, if you will. Abnormal, which could cool. be something. Yeah, but... it makes me think of young Frankenstein, every, which does that scene every time. It's brilliant. <laughs> Not technically horror, but that would need to be done at some point because it's so I good. Love young it's so good. Um, but like, yeah, I did. I never knew that the monster. I mean, really, he's he's not a villain. He's he's, he's no. confused. He he doesn't know. He doesn't understand. Like he when he just chucked the kid into the lake, I didn't even know yeah. the kid dies. I knew of that scene. Uh -huh. I didn't know the aftermath that the dad is carrying his deceased daughter through the the village streets. It's very For bleak. A very long time. A very we long time. About this before, yeah, that scene it's, is is. He's dragged, dragged yeah, out. Yeah. We see him walk through the entire town, <laughs> carrying his his dead child. Yeah, I mean, famously again, that's the that's the point of Frankenstein is that he's he's the the as in sorry the creature. Yeah, he's uh, he's the victim. He doesn't yeah. know why he exists, and you know it raises all these questions about whether we should play God and what you know because Frankenstein essentially shuns it. They they he washes his hands of, of yeah of his creation and 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 tries to you know get on with his life and you know it, it, you can't do that if the, that's what the movie is saying is that you've got to take responsibility for your creation as much as your own actions um yeah so it's 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 not just a guy with some bolts to his neck like no, rampaging no. around the place it's got a lot of a lot of layers it's a lot deeper and, uh, a lot deeper it's a very deep a lot of deep um subject matter to to, to work through with it when you think about the monster in a more uh cultural modern sort of sense if someone was to dress up as from halloween they would do they would have the bolts they would have the big head maybe the green sort of makeup green, even though it's, it's even though it's a black and white film yeah um you're just going for the deceased corpse the, the corpse look but they would Mm -hmm. probably portray it more in a lurch from adam's like a like, or like a zombie arms out or front. like the full arms yeah uh, robotic manner uh, yeah yeah, and yeah he's not like that he's 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 a very he's like a very simple-minded monster it, it is what it is what it is it, it's kind of zombie-like but mm. incredibly incredibly simple-minded it's down to the point of just does not understand what his what this brain is doing to him making him do how the world works how everything around him works in life and it's yeah, quite it's quite sad in, at some in some sense it is it is as i said he's you know dr frankenstein creates life and then does nothing you know fritz is teasing him and um he, he does he shuns the shuns his creation and doesn't there's no attempt to follow on from the experiment and uh, educate the, his, his mm. creature, his creation. Um, it's it's essentially kick it out and it's left to its own devices. And unfortunately, tragedy ensues. It, it kills this child. Um, it comes back with such remorse from doing that. 
Mm. After he does it, he, 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 you could see the remorse in him and he scuttles away into like the, the bushes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. And it's very interesting to call it a horror film, really, because mm. mm. there's nothing... I suppose, you know, you know, th thinking sort of from the viewpoint of a 1930s audience, um, just just a focus on the movie and not not the the pre the novel that preceded it, but um, yeah, perhaps the look of the creature is is frightening, is grotesque. We've got horror elements in the the grave robbing and the creation mm. of life, and you know, this this element of the supernatural, I suppose, or or ultra super scientific out science fiction um angle yeah because i imagine i imagine back then you a lot of uh scenarios like paranormal paranormal um so we say voodoo uh anything related to i guess you could call it necroph necrophilia not necrophilia i don't know no no that's, that's not the right else. word um <laughs> net ah working with the i don't know the grave robin working with dead it's all it worked, yeah, yeah yeah a lot more i would say frowned upon a lot more heavily mm. condemned frowned upon like anger about it rather than nowadays people don't take it so seriously and just try to enjoy the movie for what it is yeah you know? i mean like the hanging um, the hanging mm. scene alone was highly condemned mm. in the film um what what the hanging can you remember do they they take the body the hang from the, the, the person that's no it, they don't take it because uh the neck's broken and the spinal cord mm. is severed mm. and it'd be no use to him it does kind of i think fritz says like oh what about this one he's like no the the spinal cord will be broken it's no good to us it's why they need to uh ex exhume an, another corpse rather than just take the one that's hanging up yeah um yeah, I mean Fritz is an interesting character. His little uh, sidekick. Um, you yeah, know, like a little Renfield. popular culture. Popular little Renfield. Popular culture has gone on to to rename him as Igor or Igor. Um, yeah, I don't think we talked about that when we, we were didn't because that's interesting. Uh, we, but it's purely a pop culture invention. So the character that that character. Who, for all intents and purposes, if I say Igor, you know what I'm talking. You know what I mean. It's the yeah, little completely hunchback, mad scientist, um, uh, sidekick, uh, helper, aid, assistant, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call him. Uh, yeah, in the story, he's called Fritz, and the name Igor is never mentioned. Um, yeah, and came came later. It came from. Um, it, it, it could possibly have even been Young Frankenstein, but it came from later sort of uh, iterations of this Frankenstein story or Frankenstein-esque stories and became so, so synonymous with it mm. that everybody just assumes that Dr. Frankenstein's assistant is it's called Igor. Yeah. And he isn't. It's, it's not in the novel. There's no such character named in the original story in the movie. It's... it's it's a pop culture creation that came after the fact and has had this sort of Mandela effect. Um, That's fascinating. For all of us. I'm, gl I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you brought it up now because we definitely did talk about that yeah, last time. Because I, I, I was... Because on first watching this, yeah. I was like, oh, there's there's Igor. 
and then he's he's not he's called something I else, and I, was, and I was very confused. I was incredibly confused <laughs> by it. Um, I mean, Frankenstein as well is Harry, isn't it? He's called Harry Frankenstein, I think. Um, Harry or Henry? Or Henry, but it's not Victor. It's no, not Victor it's Frankenstein. Not Victor, no, um, which again, everybody thinks Frank Doctor Frankenstein is Victor Frankenstein. Um, and he isn't. I think possibly that's his father. Uh, no, the first father's the Baron, which I want his to talk about. A, the, oh, the Baron. We want yeah, to talk about the Baron, the best character. I thought, I'd forgotten about the Baron. <laughs> Let's talk about the Baron. So, if you're gonna watch, if you're gonna watch Universal uh, Studios Frankenstein, there is only really one reason to watch it for, and that <laughs> is the character of the Baron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the Baron. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't give them the the champ. Was it? What does he say? What does he say? I've got it written down. Give the servers some champagne. This stuff's wasted on them. It's when he's got <laughs> when he's brought out the good family wines. Like, oh, give them the champagne. <laughs> he is so fantastic. The, he is absolutely outrageous, <laughs> and he steals every scene that he's in by being incredibly outrageous over the top this sort of pompous blustering oh, yes right, right you know yes don't talk don't talk to the yeah don't the little woman don't talk to the don't talk to me you want to make a cup of tea make yourself useful yes He's very much very misogynistic. Sort of blustering misogynistic absolutely hilarious though <laughs> he's just <laughs> um yeah he's baron frankenstein his son henry uh frankenstein yeah yeah who is baron who is oh yes played by frederick kerb baron yeah. frankenstein yes he's amazing absolutely steals steals the scene uh every scene he's in he's great first appears in the smoking jacket and pipe <laughs> and oh he's yeah he's, yeah he's always got that pipe on um <laughs> Yeah, the thing as well, which this was our this was our second film in our series that you start to notice, and I definitely noticed with the Mummy, they end so abruptly. Oh yeah, they, they yeah, just they do. They, they there's no time to breathe after it. They, they that's it. We're out. We're done. Here comes mm. the big Universal, the end, and the Universal world spinning. We're done. We're out. But this ends on such a weird beat as well because they have the big climactic windmill scene with the mob. Mm, mm. Um, you know, the creature and, and Frankenstein are in this windmill and the mob with the flaming torches and the pitchforks are outside. And th that, that scene, we have that resolution mm. and then it cuts to, is it the Baron? and Probably, I uh, hope. It, <laughs> it cuts i can't remember but well, it cuts, say it, the it baron. cuts to just yeah just the, probably the baron and um frankenstein's wife again i'm terribly misremembering yeah. what anybody uh, elizabeth called. elizabeth uh, elizabeth and then they're just like all right shall we have some tea and that fin it finishes credits it, yes it, cuts it does to weird right i mean like the the more logical thing would be like after the sort of windmill fight and then like roll credits yeah. But we have this like completely unrelated scene where nobody's there's not even like a few I'm glad that's over. It's like they're talking about something completely unrelated and then it ends. 
Yeah, they do. And that, again, I agree. That is That seems to be a recurring theme. And we're, we're, I'm hoping, because it, it, maybe it's just their, it's their style or it's the style of movies at the time. I don't know. I can't say I've sat through that many well, movies of this period. I feel like it must have been a... And we'll, we'll find out as we go through the... Um... The rest of the films, then there, there's a reoccurring theme with the ending of uh, abruptly ending, and using Swan Lake as your intro. Yes, because again, which we'll get into, uh, we'll talk about it in the Mummy episode. Uh, Swan Lake at the beginning. It, I, I think that was my first note on the Mummy. Actually, is that oh look, we've got Swan Lake again. Some reason it felt fitting with Frankenstein because I feel like it, it wasn't the beginning of the Dracula. I don't think. No, I think it was something else. But it just somehow felt fitting, didn't it, the mummy? Okay, we'll get on to that. Um, no, it didn't. It didn't. Huh. I mean, Swan... Who was Swan? Who wrote Swan Lake? Tchaikovsky. Yeah. It was Tchaikovsky. Um, yeah, maybe it was that European influence. Maybe, you know... I, I'm gonna... I, I'm not... Where was Tchaikovsky from? He was Russian. So yeah, maybe it's that and then and then Frankenstein is set Germany. So maybe it's, it's that's uh, Frankenstein I don't think it had a specific location, but it was very European. It's very European and I think that's <laughs> very maybe what European. it is that, yeah. that why it fits. It it's got that sort of European continent like vibe, uh, yeah. if you will. Where, so Swan, yeah, that's why I think Swan Lake worked for that. And then we've got the mummy, which is Egypt and the British Museum raiding Egypt. I've got a lot to say about. Oh, that. I've got a lot to say. <laughs> and don't worry, folks, that'll be on the next episode um, of Monsters of Universal, uh, where we discuss the mummy. Um, as we, sorry, we talked about Swan Lake. Uh, I'm just trying to look back for my notes of Dracula, and I'm fairly certain it might actually be. Uh, oh, it's. Is it at the beginning of? Is it? I don't. I don't have my Dracula notes. Oh, I tell you how I can find it. I put it at the beginning of our Dracula episode on the Dreadcast, which you can find on the Dreadcast YouTube <laughs> channel, folks. It was episode one of uh, our Monsters of Universal. Uh, series where we looked at Dracula 1931. Um, go check it out. Um, I'm just having a look now because I need to confirm this. I need to have a look. Um... Confirm that. Yep. Um, another another thing that struck Swan me. Lake. Swan Lake. It, oh, it was Swan Lake. In, is it just Universal then? It must be. We'll Universal have to just look into had, that. Had the rights to Swan Lake. Yeah. And and just made good use of them. Um, so yeah, Boris Karloff, absolutely, oh. like completely silent performance. Like the the creature is almost entirely silent throughout, mm. and a lot of this, yeah, there's <laughs> not. That's I'm my not impression. Making sort of bad dad jokes like uh, Herman Monster, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's uh, quite a lot of the time when he's on screen, it's silent as well. Like there's no there's no backing track there's no back score it's just i believe it's looming out of the shadows and i believe it's, it's very because eerie because these were in theory like a transition from the silent movie period 
Quite so, possibly. Quite possibly. Know, um, yeah, for the most part, there there is no score or or sound no. design to this. They mm. should have just they should have just chosen a very popular song at the time and slowed it down and put it on. <laughs> <laughs> I have no well, idea what the, one, what's the hit one single in 1931. <laughs> oh, you know what? I want to find that out. You want to find out? <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> Why you do that? Um, have you ever? I mean, it's pre-charts, so yeah. Have you ever? Um, little... What you, what you got? What you got? You got one. Top popular recordings of 1931: "Good Night, Sweetheart," Wayne King and his orchestra. <laughs> That's got to that... be good night, sweetheart. sweetheart. I'm just thinking of the shitty TV show now. Yeah, Nicholas Lindhurst. It's a brilliant TV show. What are you talking That's about? Your... That is awful. Time-traveling... Time um, what's the word? Bigamist. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Time-traveling bigamy. What a subject matter for a daytime... like. How do you pitch that? Sitcom. <laughs> How do you pitch that? I don't know, but I've always thought it was brilliant, just a brilliant concept. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> uh. That's our transition from talking about the score from Frankenstein, the zero score from Frankenstein, to Goodnight Sweetheart. Goodnight Sweetheart, which I will guarantee- feature on a future episode of the, of Damn our, right we will. our secondary, our sister podcast, um, The Nicholas Lindhurst Files. Um, <laughs> come into YouTube, Amazon, <laughs> Podbean, Spotify. Oh, yes, to a major audio streaming service near you. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, a few more <laughs> little little notes. Um. Uh. What, what was I gonna say? What was I gonna say? So, I don't remember off the top of my head the budget for, and box office for Dracula, but I know this one did gangbusters. This was a three hundred k budget and made twelve million. That's Ooh. mad for that's what old it is. money as well. Twelve that's, million old money. That's that's like a gajillion bajillion now. Yeah. You know, um, 300K, that might as well have just come out the director's uh, coin purse. It probably wouldn't have had a wallet by the back then. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like gold bars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's absolutely fantastic. And you can just see why they, you know, Dracula did well, but then when this does numbers like this, that's, obviously mm-hmm. why they i mean this was the same year as dracula that they they then pumped these out they did every pump these year out. I mean, every every year after one no that was this, it. I was, I was say, yeah this did a bunch i mean there's this did a bunch of sequels as well um i, I mean a direct sequel we have the bride of frankenstein uh and then i did look at i did look it up in the last recording and i can't remember what it was because uh, I think we were trying to decide who was the bigger, who was the the more iconic creature, Dracula or yes, we did Frankenstein's yes. creature. Um, and I can't remember who it came down on. I think there was more. I think it was. I think it was Dracula. I think there's been more cinema iterations of Dracula, but I'd argue that Karloff's Frankenstein 
is the Frankenstein. Oh, completely. And it's more iconic than Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Lugosi's Dracula. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I'd, I'd feel comfortable saying that. That's not to say that Bela Lugosi's Dracula is not iconic. No, but not at all. I feel subsequent actors who've played Dracula are perhaps more iconic in the role than Bela Lugosi was. Gary but, Oldman. Gary Oldman. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Yes. <laughs> yes, my friend. <laughs> um, that guy from uh, that 2011 Dracula Untold or whatever oh, it was. Oh, my. No. Yeah. That guy um, from Blade Trinity. Blade. I was um, going to say Blade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blade. Christopher Lee. There you go. There's another legit Christopher, one. Christopher Lee in Blade? I don't remember that. No, he, yes. He was in... He was in um, Lord of the Blade. Um, but I but I think Karloff's Frankenstein... I mean, we've not probably not had as many famous iterations of Frankenstein. No, because I guess with the, the, the concept, there's only so much you could do with it. Uh, mm. With Dracula... He's uh he's your antagonist. You could put it in so many different settings. He's mm-hmm. he's a vampire. You know, Fra- Frankenstein is the mad doctor. You get it in the reanimator sense, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in as a reanimator, but it's more about the corpse, the the monster. Yeah. I mean there have been there, there have been sequels and we've had a bunch of crossover yeah. ones. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman and 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 things like that and you know the monsters mm-hmm. Abbott and um, Costello, I believe, as well. Abbott and, uh, Abbott and Costello yeah. movies. There was a 90s Frankenstein with um, Robert De Niro. Um, really now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 94, I want to say. Uh, if we look that up. Uh, do, 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 do. Frankenstein 94. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein 1994. Yeah, Robert De Niro played. Uh, he played the creature, I think. Oh, and Kenneth Branagh. Oh, yeah, Ken- Jesus. Kenneth Branagh plays Victor Frankenstein. So we oh. do get Frankenstein's name as Victor in subsequent iterations of the story but he's not named mm. victor in the original um so i don't I, know where that comes yeah. from i i recognize and, uh, the poster for this it looks like unbreakable um the logo the logo <laughs> yes, the logo looks yes. like unbreakable okay but robert that that mm, that art design that art direction on robert de niro's makeup is not good can you see it yeah that's yeah that's yeah yeah, not yeah. Good. yeah. No, that, I, I don't think it did. I don't think the movie did particularly well, which is weird because I re- very vividly remember it coming out very, very vividly. Like they were really trying to push it and make a big deal of it, and I think it just it, mm. it was just a, a bit of a damn squib. There was that... a Mega Drive game of it. Was it? Truly awful. It's absolutely horrendous. But yeah, that makeup is uh, suffers from the modern i don't know if it's really a trope or choice where 
we don't want to go with the old hokey comical looking big head we want to go for a more modern subtle approach to our frankenstein but let's take no uh, sorry our monster not frankenstein it's like no you it's such an iconic name you know the name it might not be the monster's name but you know it when you say frankenstein you think yeah big big head bolts okay that's it go with it instead don't, we've got travis bickle with some facial scars I, I don't i don't think of this burn victim <laughs> or a burn victim yeah you know yeah it's not it's not a great design it's not a great design but but like i said i mean the the frankenstein monster frank the creature design is is that karloff look that is that one um it is there, there there's nothing else that's ever really touched it I'm just looking. I'm just looking through some other sequels. I think they, they well, Young Frankenstein. They went a slightly different route as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, whenever I suppose that goes to, goes to show, whenever they've tried to tinker with the the look of it, it's flopped. It's been bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Karloff's uh, Karloff's iteration is the like poster boy for monsters he's, he's up yeah. there it's it's very iconic yeah completely um, you know um, from all kinds of merch and t-shirts and all that sort of stuff yeah um and i, I think yeah we, we obviously we i think we both recommend it but it's also mm. it's not so much uh it's an iconic film. It's an important film. All of these, in theory, are important. Whether or not we like them or not, they're very important yeah. films. And I, I would say, yeah, with Dracula, yeah, with this, do check them out. You know, see what they're all about. See the differences compared to modern day horrors and these nineteen, nearly a hundred years ago. Yeah, L- look into the production qualities and see what. Especially, you especially with these ones, because. I think we're going to, for, for for the most part, I think there's maybe one or two exceptions, but for the most part, with your Draculas, your Frankenstein, your Wolfman, um, there have been so many different versions of that character that, you know, you feel like you know the story before you're going into it. Um, you know, it, it's an instantly recognisable character if you say frankenstein it conjures the image of the green face and the neck bolts and scar yeah. if you say dracula you get the the coat uh, you know the, the cape and the yeah the the, the 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 widow's peak sort of slick back hair you know um <laughs> you say yeah you say you know they're they're very very iconic so you, i think everybody should go back and and take a look at them and again as we've said they're very quick they're very fast yeah uh, you know a cup of tea sit down put your feet up for an hour you can watch one of these movies yeah. um experience and, some history and do it yeah no they're worth it but like you know as we've, we've said with with frankenstein just to sort of wrap things up it does have some of those gorgeous like painted canvas set oh the map the map paintings the yeah. map paintings yeah yeah and you know big sweeping staircases there's i think i said in the last recording there's a shot of um it's Fritz coming down the stairs with a lit torch and then he's his silhouette and it's very reminiscent of that sort of Dracula silhouette up the mm. wall. Um, and it's just such a striking shot 
he's going to answer the door. It's a fairly mundane scene in terms of like what's actually happening in the plot. I think he's going to answer the door to the castle as Elizabeth's come to visit Henry. Um, but it's so beautifully lit and shot and really sort of stands out as like a striking image um, that arguably doesn't doesn't need that kind of that level of cinematography you know what i mean it doesn't need that level of of like beautiful framing and lighting is answering the door <laughs> it's it's uh it's it's fun it's fun to see yeah they're, they're easy it's, it's, it's an easy watch they're easy to watch and frankenstein especially for me is is the yeah the peak of what we've seen so far i think agreed Agreed. Um, yeah, okay, so apologies one and all again that this, uh, compared to our our normal work, shall we say, this is a bit more of a brief, faster pace. Let's, let's, let's get through it. Uh, we had complications, Andrew, cursed, we, the, the podcast was cursed, uh, we lost everything, but we hope we've done justice in giving you the content on Frankenstein 1931, our opinions, mm. our thoughts, our recommendation of it, and hope you enjoyed this. And yeah, do go check it out. And hopefully you can join us for the next episode where we will be looking at The Mummy, the third film. And we're doing these in chronological order of release from on the Universal Studios. So The Mummy, mm -hmm. which is, I guess, our part two of Boris Karloff. It's really... Now, the problem is, right, the way I'm, I'm wording this, we are recording all of this at once. But yeah. this will be split into two episodes, okay? I'm trying to mentally so separate I'm, it. Yeah, I am, I am generally <laughs> trying to mentally separate it by going, so we'll see you next week, folks. And then in about two minutes, we're about to start the next one. <laughs> no, so I hope you enjoy this, and um, we'll see you in the next episode for The Mummy. Yeah, until next time, guys. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.